You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 36 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by our social media manager, Mr. James Healy. Hello, James. How are you? Not too bad, Ian. Not too bad. Just come out the window. It's getting a bit cloudy. Tell the cricket season's uh, upon us because the, uh, the weather changes from kind of no rain. And then as soon as the local cricket season starts, it uh, it starts to rain. And then when the football season starts, it'll turn again and we'll be hopefully starting the season in uh, in sunshine. We can all turn up in shorts and T-shirts. Glorious sunshine where the players are going to be strolling around the pitch because uh, they, they can't run in the baking heat. It'll be too hot um, and the pitches will be too hard. Yes, too right. Basketball courts. Anyway, yeah. um, I mean, it's been an interesting week in the uh, well, in the world, let alone in the world of football. But of course, uh, on Monday we got the um, we got the nod from uh, from the government um, about the next stage in the unlocking, and of course that prompted the the FA to announce that spectators from Monday will a- will be able to return to National League system grounds. Uh, with new spectator limits, 50% of the ground grading capacity of the step level or 50% of the certified calculated capacity of the ground. Um, I'll jump in here. What does that actually mean for our for our clubs then? Well, that's a very good question, isn't it? Because um, uh, I love the way that these things are announced um, to us in, in, in legalistic speak, which makes it virtually impossible unless you're a trained solicitor to actually understand what it means. If we cast our minds back to the unlocking previously, um, then um, we, were, we were operating at capacities of initially 150 and uh, then 300. And that was because uh, the initial phase one was supposed to be conducted at 15% of the step capacity and phase two at 30% of the step capacity. Now, the step capacity for steps five and six, which is us, I believe, is 1,000. So, therefore, that's where you get uh, the 150 and the 300 from. But, of course, um, all of our grounds will have been graded to a greater or lesser extent, and uh, it may well be that some of the grounds in the uh, in the Western League feel that they, they have a significantly larger capacity than 1,000, in which case, if they can certify that calculated capacity, then uh, they might well be allowed to have more fans in. I mean, I can remember going to the first game at Melksham's uh, new stadium, Oakfields, where they played Bristol Manor Farm in the FA Vars, where I'm pretty, I think I'm right in saying that both sides at the time were still in the Western League. Certainly Melksham were. And there was 1,800 people there. So, I mean, I, I don't know what the certified ground grading of of, of, um, of Melksham's ground was, but uh, or indeed is. Um, but that, that there will be grounds, I'm sure, in the Western League that, that you know, where they would like to think that they can hold more than that. But um, the bottom line, I think, to be, for everyone to be safe on this one is is about 500, which is very good news for the Les Phillips Cup, of course, um, because that should mean that we don't have to worry too much about regulating the number of fans who want to come to the semi-finals and the final. Not, and I pre, you know, it'd, be nice, it'd be a nice problem to have if we had more than 500 people at the Les Phillips Cup final. Um, but, um, um, well, 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 we'll wait and see. Now, um, 
this all feels at the moment perhaps a, a little far away, but it is actually relevant, isn't it, Jim? Because we have got clubs playing friendlies still. We talk about it. We've talked about the behind closed doors friendlies on the podcast before, but you've been having a chat with one of our, uh, well, a former guest, of course, on the podcast, Mr. Adam Thurston, a, an esteemed groundhopper. And uh, you've, you've, you and him have cracked a bit of a plan, haven't you? Yeah, I would like to take credit, but it was Adam that uh, initiated it. He sent me a Twitter inbox message uh, with a couple of links to what other leagues are doing, uh, where they're basically advertising pre-season friendly games for their for their member clubs because obviously they haven't had any fans in. Um, so it'd be nice to properly advertise these pre-season games for the clubs. Um, so. Uh, Adam and myself, we're both compiling a list of um, our member clubs that have tweeted about friendlies that they've got coming up, pre-season friendlies, basically. Um, so I'm going to use this now to ask clubs that are listening in um, to email their pre-season friendly games to us. Um, my email is james.healy at toolstationleague.com. Um, yeah, they can just send us send us their fixtures we will then put them up on the website uh adam's looking as well on twitter i'm looking so if we do miss any it'll be good to get the clubs or fans just to email me with uh, with their pre-season fixtures we can advertise it and hopefully ground hoppers and people like us who are desperate to go and watch some live live football will go along and uh, help these clubs out by attending the games and obviously paying to uh, to go in and watch and I mean, you talk there about pre-season friendlies, but I suppose if we were going to d- define this stage of the season, we would call it our post-season, wouldn't we? Or sort of post-season friendlies going on at the moment. Obviously, Boris is letting us to letting us go back into grounds as of Monday. So when will you be launching this site? Monday. Um, so when uh, when fans are allowed in, we thought we would do it on the on the day that fans are allowed. Uh, so we've got a few games already on the list. Uh, so I'll speak with Adam and we'll compile our list together. If I've missed some, where Adam Adam's in. And uh, if he's missed any, which I doubt that he has, because he's, uh, he's really keen, as you said, he's a avid ground hopper. Um, yeah, so we're, we're uploading it to the, uh, to the league website and we will tweet about it as well with a link to it so people can see the games that are going on, hopefully, each day. And then uh, we'll just keep adding to it. So keep your eyes peeled on the on the league website. Excellent stuff. Now, moving on to this week's podcast, then, of course, we've got two interviews for you. We'll kick off with uh, Dean Horseman, the manager of Hallen, uh, and we'll also have a chat with First Division Hengrove Athletics' Jamie Hillman as well. There will be James's Twitter roundup, and uh, we will conclude this week's podcast by having a chat about Mental Health Awareness Week. Uh, but before then, we will kick off then with Dean Horseman. And, uh, of course, Halland's still involved in the Les Phillips Cup. Uh, that's coming up on May the 22nd. And I started off by asking Dean whether that fixture had helped keep his squad focused. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Because we weren't expecting it. Uh, everyone was a bit flat and kind of a bit gutted that the season had finished. And then we had the email saying that the cut was still going ahead so yeah it's definitely lifted the players and the whole club basically because it could go one of two ways couldn't it in in reality i mean obviously it's exciting for the for the fans 
to be able to have the prospect of a of a cup final on the horizon. But I mean, as we come out of lockdown, given given that we're in May, um, most people in 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 football have got their eye on next season. But of course, you've still got your you, you've still got something to play for this season. So I mean, is it is it a distraction that you welcome? I don't think it's distracted us for next season. We've kind of just as soon as we've had the email, we were just fully. Um focused on the semi-final, not really thinking about next season yet. Um, how have you been preparing for this game? I, mean, I, I see you've, you have been playing some friendly matches. We started off going into the Manor Farm tournament, where we played three, three games. Yeah, we played three games in that. We played Bishop Sutton, the first game, and we won that 6-0. And then we went through to the next round and we played a strong Manor Farm team where we unfortunately lost 3-1. And then we went into the third and fourth playoff game, which ended up being a bit pointless come the end because both Roman Glass and ourselves had injuries, people away, and it it was just a waste of time, really. But we ended up losing that game 3-2 and picked up some injuries. So that game became a bit of a disaster, if I'm honest. I mean, that's an interesting sort of window into what we're experiencing now because, of course, without the cut and thrust of league action, actually playing these games, it, it must be giving you, the coaches and the players, something of a headache that, of course, you haven't had for the last five months. With no football, people have found other things to do with their Saturdays. So has that presented you with a bit of a problem coming out of lockdown? Yeah, it has been a problem because, like I say, we had the Manor Farm tournament and the first two games we, we had full strength. And then the Roman Glass game, we had everyone missing. And Roman Glass were the same. Uh, we had five or six, I think. Andy Gurney said he had five or six as well missing. And then we then, after that tournament, went and played Rock Lees in the Gloucester County League. And we ended up having five or six away. So it wasn't very good. And then we played Saturday against Clevedon, which was a bit more of my team with people back. But yeah, it has been a pain a lot of people weren't expecting to be playing so they've made arrangements and things like that What's it been like for you playing these matches behind closed doors because obviously I mean I've been lucky enough to get to a couple of games in the VARs where, where I was commentating and it was lovely to be back in a, in a football environment I know we don't get massive crowds but is it different for you and for the players when you haven't got anybody watching on? Yeah it seems weird not having anyone yeah it is a bit weird a bit flat and I even think the players find it a bit flat as well, because there's just nobody there, bar the committee and the, the management staff and subs. Otherwise, there's no one there. So, yeah, it's a bit strange. It looks like we can have supporters now, don't we, from the 17th, which is good news. And good news for your semi-final against um, Bradford, of course, because that means that fans will be able to, um, will be able to enjoy that game. Yeah, yeah, good news. Yeah, definitely. So, looking ahead um, to what... You know, it's difficult to know what sort of Bradford side you'll face. But again, I mean, they're probably thinking exactly the same um, about about you. I mean, obviously, you know, there is the that you'll be experienced of coming up against Bradford in the you know in, in the league. But I mean, is this just a very difficult game to prepare for? Do you know what? It's a strange one because the season, this season, has just been stopped. We didn't play them, and then last season. We didn't play them either when they were going for the title. We didn't play them home or away. So since I've been at Hallen, we've not come up against Bradford. But when I was at Oddtown, obviously I'd come up against them. But with Hallen, we've not faced them in the last two years. 
I mean, if you can get past Bradford, it'll either be Bridgewater or Tavistock in the final. Do you have a preference? No, they're two two very good sides. They're two top sides, so no, no preference really. Just the finals, a final. If we could get there, but obviously it's a big ask because we got Bradford, who are a good side as well. So yeah, we'll just take the semi-final and see what happens. I mean, it's hard to reflect on this season in any meaningful way um, because of you know just how little football has been played. But I mean. I suppose in the games that were played, I know it was a difficult season for you. I mean, are you are you looking for significant improvement next season? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We were, um, we all know, players, staff, everything that we were, we were not good enough this year. From the year before, we were good, and this year, nowhere near good enough. I'm not going to give excuses, but we didn't have the rub of the green and injuries and things like that. But that's no excuse. We we still should have been higher up the table than we were that's it's not acceptable really so looking to improve yeah definitely and um, I mean how much higher up the table do you think you can get this side I mean it's going to be an interesting landscape geographically in the Western League Premier Division next season you know I think a lot of people are wondering about how strong the sides coming in from the Peninsula League will be do you think that's going to make the standard of competition even harder next season yeah definitely 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 make it harder I don't really know, because we still don't know what league we're going to be in, because obviously we're hearing rumours that we could be going in the Atlantic League, so we don't really know yet. And um, Would that be an issue for you, or is that a challenge that you'd, you know, you'd relish? Uh, yeah, no, it's not. I don't find it an issue, no. No, I don't find it an issue. And it, it is what it is. If we're put in the Atlantic League, we then got to deal with it and work on that. Obviously, if we stay in the Tall Station League... We work with that. Yeah, no, it's not an issue for me. Not an issue. Now, I know that, I know that some fantastic work has gone on off the pitch at, um, at Hallen. I mean, for those who don't follow the club on social media, can you talk us through some of the improvements that have been made during lockdown? Yeah, basically they built some more stand in sheltering area down the side, which looks really nice. So, yeah, they have been working all through the summer, the committee and that, to improve the grounds, which is... Yeah, in my eyes, one of the best in the league. So it looks even nicer now, to be fair. Excellent stuff. Now, this is the first time we've spoken. So can you tell the listeners something about your footballing journey to the Hallam dugout? Well, I started off with the area I'm from, Patchway. So I started with Patchway Town in the Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire County League. Was managing them for five seasons. Successful. Wasn't a bad side for county league level. And then I moved on to Odd Down. Lee Rendell gave me a call. He was manager of Odd Down. And he asked me to go along and give him a hand. So I went and done that for two seasons with him. Circumstances, I stepped down from the role of helping Lee. And then I had six months out. And then Ray Johnson rang me and asked me if I'd be interested in going down Hallam with him and assisting him. Which I took up the offer. Yeah, I thought it was a great offer. And then here I am now, really. And my thanks to Dean for his time. Now, obviously, we've been talking there about the Les Phillips Cup. And uh, can you just remind us, James, of when those fixtures are scheduled to be played? Yes, the uh, first one is uh, Friday the 21st of May. Uh, Bridgewater hosting Tavistock uh, with a 7.45 kickoff. Obviously, they, they played recently in the Vars, which uh, you covered on your on the commentary. Uh, which is a good game, so hopefully uh, it'll be another 
another tight contest there. Uh, and then the following day, uh, Saturday the 22nd, just heard there, Bradford host Hallen with a 3pm kickoff. And then the final, the winners of those two, we played on Saturday the 29th, uh, hosted down at Street, 3pm uh, kickoff. Hopefully we get a big crowd in for all of them. Excellent. Well, we'll certainly um, keep the listeners posted on um, on the developments for those fixtures. I think, to be fair, as um, the season sort of as the as as the weeks progress towards those dates, um, I'm sure we'll know more about exactly not only how many fans can get to those games, but also how fans can you know can um, um, go about purchasing tickets if that sort of thing is needed. Hopefully, you'll just be able to walk up on the day. But I suppose. Um, any restrictions to the number of people going to those games needs to be managed somehow. And if, if that's the case, then we will keep you updated on the, uh, on the podcast. If you're thinking, Toolstation, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, James, it's time for your Twitter roundup. So what's been going on in the in the Twitter sphere over the last uh, seven days? The league's been kind of quiet, actually. The, um, the normal... Uh, Clubs in their pre-season friendlies covering those. Uh, Caution other video highlights. Um, I saw Jacob tweeted that he was back at the ground where he hasn't been for ages. So I think he was quite excited to get the video cameras out and uh, start editing again. I think it was 10 goals, I think. It may have been their reserves, but there's 10 goals on their video package. So that was good to see. Um, Hengrove have tweeted at, uh, they're doing a club day. I think they do, do it most years actually up there, and I think a lot of clubs do. Uh, but they're the first one I've seen where they've advertised a club day on the 22nd of May, uh, asking people to go along to the ground there uh, at 9:30 and help them with maintenance, painting, uh, putting up advertising boards, and just general uh, general maintenance around the ground. I know they were had a successful one the year before where they had over 20 volunteers turned up to help them out. Um, so that saved Martin McConaughey uh, lifting a finger. I'm sure he was stood around with a cup of tea and telling people <laughs> what to do. And he, he was just stood there I'm waiting for a text message now from him about that. <laughs> um, Sherbourne, have, uh, they put out about uh, anyone that purchased a season ticket for last season uh, will get a free season ticket for this coming season, which is nice. Uh, so anyone that did purchase a season ticket down there, they get the this season coming uh, with the use of that season ticket. I know Motherwell did that as well up in uh, Scotland, which has gone down really well because they've said that a lot of people have donated their fees back to the club, but the club aren't taking it, which uh, I think a lot of clubs would uh, would just pocket the money and it would disappear. But at Motherwell, I know they've uh, they've given it to their community trust, um, which, is, uh, which is nice to see, actually. They've given away their free season tickets and actually putting the money back into the community and not, not on the football side, which a lot of pro clubs wouldn't do, I don't think. Is that it? It is really, yeah. It's been quite quiet. It's just like pretty much the old um, same thing, really. Hengrove, again, they mentioned there, they're bringing in a new forwards coach, a player stroke forwards coach, it said on their website. What are they playing? Rugby? 
Well, I know that's what I thought. Player stroke forwards coach. Next, they're bringing in a scrum coach or something like that. Back I don't know, I don't coach, know what yeah. they're. Yeah, what they're trying to plan up there for next season. But yeah, they brought in uh, Pete Shepherd, who's uh, quite well known around the local football football scene. They brought him in as a player stroke forwards coach. So uh, yeah, next they're bringing uh, Gareth Chilcott as, uh, <laughs> as a scrum coach. Well, I've got I've got one for you anyway. Um, I know this is your this is your slot, but um, you 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 neglected to uh, to. Announced the news that um, that Devizes Town have announced a new managerial lineup. Um, David Jenkins, Ollie G, and Stuart Swan will form the first team management staff for the 21-22 season in the Western League, with Dan Sloan remaining involved when his schedule allows. And uh, obviously, that's very exciting news for all Devizes Town fans listening, which is which is probably just me. Um, but um, we will be hearing from Stuart Swan before the end of our run on the podcast. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Because um, I've known Stuart for a while, and um, it's uh, it's going to be great to get a chance to have a chat with him and get him on the podcast. And he is a regular listener, and of course, basically can't get out of it now. I've um, I've announced it to the listeners, so um, I've well and truly shafted you there, Stuart. Lovely. Um, anyway, right then, let's move on. Let's move on to our um, our next interview, and that is with Jamie Hillman, the uh, the Hengrove Athletic Manager. Now, by Jamie's uh, standards, uh, this hasn't been a vintage season. So I asked him whether he was happy to put it behind him and look forward to next season. Um, yeah, I guess so. I think that we've, you know, the, the last two seasons, really, the two seasons I've been back has been more of trying to build the football club up again. You know, we, we kind of started out with, with next to nothing and and try to get a platform for, for a club to try to be successful and try to move forward. And I think we've we've kind of achieved that. Um, I know a lot of people probably look at it and think, well, they've been languishing in the, in the lower part of the division. But like I say, you know, we, we, it's about building up a club and I think we're on, uh, we're on course to do that. I mean, how much has COVID actually impacted then on your ability to, to do what you want to do with the football club? Because, I mean, you know, I, I appreciate that games are important. Um... But, I mean, there is the behind-the-scenes stuff as well, isn't it? I mean, we try to talk about it on the podcast so that fans understand it, but when, when you are sort of looking at developing the club off the field, how, how, how much has the, the COVID lockdowns affected you? To be honest, if, if, it's probably helped us in a way, as, as daft as that sounds, isn't it? We've kind of we've been able to do things off the pitch because we haven't been playing football. And certainly with, with the football, it's not helped us on the pitch because, you know, we've got a lot of young lads that a couple of seasons ago were playing their first real season in senior football. So they haven't had a full season yet, you know. Um, so that's probably not helped. But in, in terms of the club, I mean, you can't say that a lot of it's hard to say lockdowns helped because obviously financially it hasn't helped any club. Um but in terms of getting things done, yeah, I don't think it's, it's troubled us as such. Given everything that we've been going through, do, do you have any concerns about whether next season will be affected by this virus? Um, no, not really. I, I, I don't think anybody can predict what's going to happen. I don't think anybody would have predicted what's happened, like I say, over the last couple of years. But I would hope that with the vaccines that they're rolling out and things like that, I would hope that we get back to some kind of normality and, and certainly by the time the, the football season starts back up in August time, we should all be okay to 
kind of carry on as normal. Well, let's talk about next season on the field. What are your ambitions for the team? Um, to be honest, to keep improving. Um, we, you know, we go into the season every year. I did when I came back to the club. I went into it kind of with my eyes open, and I'm wanting to finish as high as we possibly can. Um, we've got a we've got a bit of work to do. We know that. Um, and between myself and the other coaches, you know, we know which way we want to try and take the club and we know what we need to do to try and do that um it's going to involve some people probably departing the club and hopefully some more coming in you know and and yeah you know improve on what we've been doing over the last couple of years i mean obviously we don't know which teams will be in the first division next season but have you got a feeling about which teams you'll have your eyes on which ones will be your ones to watch um like you say it's it's tough i mean no one knows what anybody else is doing. I, I think I might be wrong, and you would hopefully be able to correct me that I think it was Calm, Backwell, and Caution were the three teams that were ineligible to get promotion if they wanted it. Um, and, you know, you, you take those teams out in the league, it's quite open, you know. But again, you, you don't know what every, every other team is doing, in all fairness. You know, Wing Canton were strong when mm. we played them last year. Portis Head would no doubt be. A, you know, a decent outfit. Cheddar has always been a decent outfit. There's so many, and, and there's probably some that I haven't even thought of yet and and said, like, you know. So I, I think that the best thing to do is, is really concentrate on your own team and then see what, you know, you'll, you'll see after the first 10 games that usually gives you a slight indication of who's going to be challenging near the top of the league at the end of the season. Now, I'm glad you mentioned Portis Head because I know you've been involved in their... Um, their tournament. Um, I mean, you know, it must be great to be back playing friendlies. What, what was that experience like for you and the and the team? Yeah, it was it was good. To be fair, we we, we had a, a few other friendlies that we organised, but it was good to go and play in the tournament. You know, it was it was a bit different. I think this this little period of of time has been about clubs offering the players the chance. You know, not every club's gone out and played because some of them didn't want to, and you know, you have to respect that. And I think it's been about going out and you know we haven't necessarily had all of our players available so players have came came in and helped us and things like that and and we've come up against teams that you know have certainly had players in helping them so I don't think you can read too much into it you know I mean we played in our three games I think Cribs, Portishead and Longwell Green and it, it was good to play a competitive game of football. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it feels to me like, sort of psychologically, it's sort of exercising the demon of of, of the coronavirus rather than um, really giving us a, a view on, um, uh, you know, on um, uh, what's going to be happening next season. I expect your pre-season will be different to your post-season. But I mean, how did the players feel about getting back playing? I mean, obviously, most of them won't have had their jabs yet. I, am, I imagine so. I mean, did you experience any hesitancy from them? Um, to be honest, one or two, yes. Um, when we started, everybody was keen to, I think it, it's the thing, everybody was locked down, no one could do anything, so certainly when we went back training, we, we we kind of asked the lads, and yeah, everybody wanted to go back, we went back training, the first few games, or the first two or three games, we had a lot of players, and then it kind of dwindled away a little bit, um, and that's, I think, you know, speaking to other managers, that's kind of happened with a, with a few teams, not to every team, and like I say, I, I think it's been a good... It's been a good month or so where 
probably other teams can have a look at players with, with regards to next season. You know, we, we've had a couple of our players that have gone and played elsewhere, you know, at, at a higher level of football and you, know, you can only wish them the best, you know, they, they've gone and got to put themselves in the market and, and see if they can compete at that level. I, mean, I remember our very first interviews, um, we're going back a few years now, of course, yeah. um, but one of the themes then was we were, you were flying high at the time in the first division, it was when you got promoted, and yeah. you know, we, were, we were talking about what, what we could do to get spectators in, because we wanted to see your gates increase, because clearly, you know, you were, at the time, you were certainly one of the class acts in the, in the league, and now it feels like we need to have the same conversation again, because... Um, I mean, do you are you worried about spectators um, falling out of love with the game, or perhaps finding other things to do with them with their time on a Saturday afternoon? Quite possibly, but you know, you might have one or two that might not uh, might go away, and, and things like that. Um, they have found other other hobbies, if you like, but I don't know if they'll dwindle as much. I think that people are kind of keen to get back and watch football. Obviously, spectators haven't been allowed up to yet, um, and I think they, I think when they are allowed, we'll, we'll kind of see better numbers, especially maybe on the night games more than the Saturdays, because people, you know, other people play football on a Saturday or do other sports or, or work or whatever on the night night games. Hopefully, I think you you might see better crowds. I don't know what you're talking about, Jamie. There's no football on a Saturday if it's not Tall Station Western League football. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that is true. <laughs> but um, on a serious note, I noticed from social media um, that your club is having a, a club day on May the 22nd. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I th- you know, it was decided that we've kind of did a, did a few jobs around the club that needed doing and trying to update the club. In, and like I say, that, that was where... When, when the lockdown, when we couldn't play football, and we were able to get workmen in and, and, and do a few a few tasks, it certainly needed doing around the club, and and that's what it's going to be about. Really, is about getting those little jobs done that have always kind of been put off. That hopefully, if we can get enough support, enough support up there, we can get the jobs done. With a view to coming back, then when we can come back in pre-season, everything's um, up and running, and, and we can crack on with the football side of things then. So that's kicking off at 9.30 uh, on Saturday, the 22nd of, of, um, of May, and hopefully there'll be um, plenty of people willing to do a bit of painting and hammering and nailing and um, yeah. getting the club ship-shape um, uh, for when we kick off again. Um, Jamie, thanks ever such a lot for your time, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you again next season when we, we hopefully we'll have some football to talk about. Yeah, thanks very much, Ian. And my thanks to Jamie for his time. Now, just before we sign off, um, James, we mental health has been a uh, a theme that we've we've you know we've returned to on a number of occasions in on the podcast because particularly during lockdown, it was something that I think we were all struggling with to a greater or lesser extent. And as as the uh, country sort of comes out of lockdown, and perhaps as we're able to get back to football and look forward to next season, it would be easy to um, take our eye off that particular ball. Um, but actually, I think that the scars of of the coronavirus and the lockdowns that we've had and the, the loss of liberty and the loss of enjoyment are going to be deeply felt for quite some time to come. And we shouldn't be frightened of, of talking to those things. So um, Mental Health Awareness Week is probably more important now than it's ever been. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You see, this week, as you say, is Mental Health Awareness Week. Um, a lot of clubs are are doing stuff and tweeting phone numbers and getting people just to just to talk 
Um, we'll be doing the same on the league account. Uh, we've done it before. We've just put up a, a list of phone numbers for people to reach out to, trying to get people to talk. And talking is good, uh, as we know. Um, some people find it difficult to reach out and to, to actually open up. But, uh, yeah, we're just trying to urge as a league and uh, just trying to urge people to open up and to, to chat. There's always someone uh, that will listen, that's for sure. And, you know, in our previous conversations, I know this is something, this is a subject that's close to your heart and, and you'd been training um, to, you know, to provide some some counselling yourself on the matter. I mean, how's that training gone? Yeah, very good. Yes, yeah, finished now. So I was doing sessions every Thursday for uh, four hours on a Thursday evening over Zoom with a group of, uh, there was six of us in the group, led by Chris, the facilitator of it. Uh, so, yeah, we had to be sat down and listen to what he had to say with some slides. And, yeah, it was, it was a lot to take in. I'm still learning, but I'm hoping now that I've finished that training to facilitate uh, some some talking groups. Um, so I'm going to hopefully um, go around either sports clubs um, and try just to set up some, some chatting sessions like once a week in the evening. Uh, it is directed at men, the charities directions for men they're called men are notoriously known for not talking so um yeah hopefully going to set up some groups uh with walking groups as well walk and talk sessions so we can meet and go for a walk and blokes can just just chat basically and just open up if they want to or just go there just to just to chat to another another bloke really yeah so i'm looking forward to it excellent stuff Excellent stuff. Well, please keep us posted on that, James, because it's great work that you do. And I know that, you know, we're very keen to try and extend that to the Western League family. And hopefully that's a subject that we can return to next season. Yeah, we will be returning next week when hopefully we'll have some more information about what the FA are proposing with their restructuring and the clubs in various um, divisions. So um, that, I'm sure, will be eagerly anticipated by everybody across the pyramid, not just in the Toolstation Western League. But for now, you have been listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast.